welcome to the AFR podcast. It's Sunday the 15th of May 2022. Mid-season draft week. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Steve and I had a week off last week. Um, it wasn't necessarily from a lack of trying, but if the previous episode was that uh, life ruins fantasy or life gets in the way of fantasy, Steve, last week we were destined never to do a podcast <laughs> during the week. It was just a horrendous week for both of us. No, absolutely. We, uh, for all of our efforts, it just, yeah, just couldn't, just didn't seem to happen. So, uh, you know, that's all right. Yep. It happens every now and then. Um, and, uh, yeah, life goes on. It does. It does. Now, speaking of life getting in the way, AFR is going to get in the way of my life this week. <laughs> see it now. So it is a massive week for all the managers, but it's a particularly busy one for, the, um, for well, for myself. Um, we obviously had the conclusion of round nine um, only a couple of hours ago um, as we record this. Um, so for everyone listening, um, we have the mid-season draft this week. So what does that mean for everybody? Well, I've put the details on the website, so you can see a little countdown clicking away there if you're listening to this before Monday um, at 9pm. So Monday the 16th at 9pm, all the lists must be submitted. After 9pm, nothing will be accepted. I've said this numerous times. You can submit something right now, um, being Sunday evening, and then change it five times. But I will take the latest one that has been submitted. So even if that means you've submitted um, a, a D-list with five players and then your D-list, and then you send a second one with one player on it, I'm going to be taking the one player as a, as um you've changed your mind from five down to one. That sound fair, Steve? Does that make sense? That's the way it's always been, man. That's the way it's always been. So the late, the, the most recent D-list that you submit is the one that I will be taking. So as I said, if you submitted one last week and it had six players on it and you submit a new one with one, it's not you're adding to that list. You've changed your mind and you're now only submitting one. Um, I have reached out to... Um, ben and Ben, there is a trade, but oh, sorry, um, what's the name? A supplementary um, tri- uh, pick swap that happened in the preseason. So before the deadline, um, I've asked if they could let me know before that. So then I can finalise the draft order and stuff like that. Because of course the draft order is not finalised until we know how many picks people are having. Yeah, I guess we can assume that the heroes. Um, Will not. It's funny now that um, yeah, I probably I don't want to preempt, but obviously there were. Well, the, the trade was all about the heroes having the option to swap first round picks. Yeah, it was something like that from memory. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately for the heroes, they would have got to I think jump the blue flames until they lost this week. But now they're already ahead of them, so they're probably yeah. not worried anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the deadline for all um, D lists is nine pm. Monday the 16th of May, and then on Wednesday the 18th, the first draft that we have is the original league at 8pm. The reason why that one is first is because I think the Super League was first for the pre-season, if I remember rightly. Um, So at 8pm we have the original league um, mid-season draft, and then at 9pm on Wednesday the 18th we have the Super League mid-season. Now traditionally the Super League goes a lot quicker than the original league for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it generally goes a lot quicker. It seems to be a little bit more efficient. But on the website, you'll also notice that there is a link to the Google Doc. So as always, um, over the last, I don't know how many years, Steve, um, say 10, I was pulling a number out of my out of my head. We've been using Google Docs for the, all the drafts. So um, we'll continue using that because it seems to work pretty well. All right. Um, so once again, um, 9 p.m. Monday the 16th. All trade, all draft. Oh, sorry, all D lists must be submitted. I'm almost tempted to put an embargo, but I'll, I'll talk to you about that after the um, after the thingy because I know you're going to go. No, nope, that's that's not happening. 
So I'll, but I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you about it after, after I press stop. So remind me, remind me to talk to you about that one. Um, cool. So um, yeah, if there's any questions, if anyone needs a proxy, please reach out to Steve and myself for for Sunday. Oh, sorry, for um, Wednesday evening. But at this point in time, I haven't heard anything that um, anyone's not able to make it. Cool. Alrighty, so that's the mid-season draft. As I said, it's a huge week for, for everyone and, and probably by Wednesday evening, um, we might be able to see which teams are going to slingshot themselves straight back up to inter-finals contention, Steve. But So we can have a look at which the, which of those teams are in, could, or are in a position to potentially slingshot up. Let's jump into it and have a look. We'll start with the original league. We won't go back to round nine, uh, round eight. But um, when we look at round nine and the ladder, of course, you'll, um, you'll be able to stipulate or tell people probably where, where the movement has been. But round nine, game one was the Dingoes versus the Chargers. This was a close game and full of um, late withdrawals um, and you're still fighting that no-ruck situation that you've had for the last couple of weeks. Um, Chargers managed to get up here, 139.5. To the Dingoes, 137.5. For the Chargers, a um, couple of big scores here, particularly from um, Jack Viney getting 24 at Tagger, um, Bruce getting 22 at Ruck, um, George Hewitt was also pretty good getting 18 at Rover and making Team of the Week. The rest of the team, Brody Smith did okay as well, getting 10.5 at Back. Um, still don't have a, have a centre, but anyway, we'll worry about that later on. Um, for the Dingoes, Bailey Smith, mate, was outstanding for you, getting 41. Um, Noah Anderson getting 22. And Jeremy Howe, oh, sorry, 22. That was at uh, midfield for Anderson. And Jeremy Howe rolling back the clock, picking up a lazy 21 at key back. I'm just looking at Lipinski there with his 12 handballs and thinking Trelaw had 15. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I don't know. It was a very, very weird weekend for us mate obviously i think well the weird thing for you with the way the other results went was that your your draft position was never going to change with a win or a loss so it's kind of nice that you got a win actually um to it didn't cost you anything in terms of your position so at least that's nice and you means you're probably not one step closer to making sure you're in champions league next year if nothing else (laughs) Uh, you know and i guess still knocking on the door of the five uh although you know, given the nature of some of your wins, which seem to have been incredibly uh, narrow and fortunate, it's um, uh, yeah. But you yeah. never know. Maybe with the uh, maybe the draft will put a whole new coat of paint on this one. Um, but yeah, wow, Braden Pruce, um, free agent in the original in the Super League. What what man? Like that is like seriously. I don't think we've given you enough kudos on that pickup. To be honest, to trade, I did the trade. Yeah, trade for yeah. him. For O'Brien, like O'Brien, especially given O'Brien was dropped this week um, and Proust came out and had 44 hitouts. Um, yeah, like, wow. You know, well done. Not only were you trading for him, like, you know, the other league wasn't even picking him up at all. So, uh, you know, sensational, man. Um, great to see Brody Smith actually having a good game. Uh, and, man, if you'd had Tim Kelly in this lineup instead of McGrath, you would have yeah. romped it in. Um, and to, to get the win without a key forward at all, I mean, you know, it kind of balanced the ledger with the ruck, but, you know, so, yeah. And, you know, what's even more exciting, actually seeing your back line both with double figures. It's amazing. I know. It doesn't happen very often. Normally you're lucky if one of them has double figures. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, yeah, a bit like that. Um, well, so, um, as you alluded to, Josh, um, was it Jesse Hogan was a late withdrawal. Thank you for letting me know. No Hazel B. Gate and also Josh J. Kennedy. But, of course, like back-to-back withdrawals on the same day. <laughs> yeah, couldn't do anything about that. But um, Hipwood is back, but he did nothing. So it'll be interesting I mean, what uh, what I do now. Now I could probably trade somebody, my check. or oh, Josh J. Kennedy, I, I'm hoping he retires at the end of, end of the year, as I, I think I mentioned too, just because... I don't want to have to delist him. Um, I know he's a vet, but um, but yeah. So I'm hoping that he'll he'll end the end his career as a charger. Mm. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, look, there are a couple of stiff people here. To be completely honest, I gave three to Jack Viney, two to Bailey Smith, and one to Bruce. 
Anderson, of course, is very stiff, and so is Jeremy Howe. Yeah, a few really good performances amongst some other average ones. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, Viney, what a performance. I mean, it's not that Petrarca played. Like, it came down to Petrarca versus Viney in the last game. Petrarca just needed to get within three of what Viney was going to score, which you'd normally think, surely Petrarca will be able to do that. But, man, Viney comes out and has 12 tackles. And Petrarca literally fell. Like, if Petrarca had managed just even, like, two more kicks, uh, yep. we'd have a drawn game here. But So, uh, you know. Yeah. Viney wound the clock back, that is for sure. If, if, like, if Viney had only had 11 tackles, it would have been a drawn game. So, yeah. spectacular match-winning performance. All righty. Let's have a look. The next one was the Blue Flames up against the Dozers. This was a relatively close game most of the weekend. Um, the Blue Flames ended up getting up 169 to the Dozers 145. Um, the Blue Flames have some outstanding performances here. Tom J. Lynch getting 31 at key forward. Lockie Neal getting 36 at centre. Doherty and Amon both in the midfield, both getting 20. Um, you've got Patrick Cripps getting 15 at Rover. And um, backline was once again serviceable. Tom Hickey at Ruck. Um, the Blue Flames have struggled with Ruck, so they were pretty, pretty lucky to be able to get something from that position. For the Dozers... Look, there's a couple of scores here which we definitely take a call out, being Jack Rewalt getting 26 at key forward and Blaston getting 18 and a half at key back. But amongst that, you've got Callum Wills getting 21 at midfield, but then you've also got Jack Steele, who's injured and looks like he's out for, I think, six to eight weeks I saw earlier on, which I shared in the Facebook, in the in our Facebook group. Stephen May, um, seven and a half. So but between the high scores, there were lots of little ones. Cam Rayner being played at forward obviously shows a little bit of an issue with the lack of depth for the dozers. Yeah, it's a worry when you've got old man Rewald still sort of as your only kind of good forward option. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately for the Dozers, they've, even though they've uh, lost this week to the Blue Flames, they've done well enough to make sure they probably aren't going to get a shot at the uh, forward they probably need uh, in the draft. But, um, but man, the Blue Flames bounced back to some form the last couple of weeks after looking pretty average there for a few weeks. And, and you know, like, we, like you just met, sent, mentioned, uh, got, got Hickey there actually getting some hit outs, but uh, I, I'm betting we're going to see a, a you know, waves of uh, rucks taken by the Blue Flames on mm-hmm. night uh, and rectifying that terrible decision he made to only draft four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, for the commissioner votes, I gave three to, three to Lockie Neal, two to Lynch, and one to Vlaston. Yep, yep, yep. Callum Mills a little unlucky and same with the, the midfield for the Blue Flames, but uh, less than 18 and a half is just too good. All righty, the next game is the Mighty Bucks up against the Titans. The Titans sort of flexed a little bit of muscle here, um, defeating the Mighty Bucks 163.5 to the Mighty Bucks 139.5. Um, Cam Zerha, 22 at forward for Ben's team. Um, Cam Walsh, oh, sorry, Sam Walsh getting 31. Um, Dusty Martin sliding straight into that team, getting um, 17 at midfield. But he also kicked three goals, I think, from memory. Um, Wadering, 15.5. Ryan Burton, 13.5 at back and at key back, um, respectively. Toby Nankervis, O'Brien out. In comes, in comes Nankervis, 17.5. Um, for the Mighty Bucks... Really one standout here, um, which is Darcy Parrish. Bailey Frisch is also a um, a suitable mention as well, getting 19 at forward, um, but Parrish getting 31 at centre. Other than that, it was sort of a below-par performance across the board for the Bucks. Um, but um, they, of course, will be having a, a relatively good pick. So <laughs> I think that this team is definitely going to be a bit of a slingshot at the, uh, at the end of the... Well, come next, end of next week, I think. It's a bit of a worry, the Bucks. I feel like they were really, really unlucky in the first, you know, stages of this year. But it feels like the more the weeks have gone on, the more there's, you know, more and more players that are just not really firing. Like to see Taranto and Boke mm. able to hit double figures this week. That's, I mean, like the Titans should have been there for the taking. Like, you know, losing O'Brien. Stengel and Zerhar is not a forward line you're normally worried about. 
coming no. up against, and yet the Titans never looked in danger. They they just strolled to this win ultimately, and uh, and the and this was an absolutely critical game for the Bucks. I know they've ended up with a pretty darn good draft pick um, as a result of this loss, but um, man, like this has opened up a three. Like we've all been waiting for the Bucks to sort of hit their straps and start winning games and and like burst into the top five given they are the number four scoring team by a fair margin but yep. um, but um it's just not happening and like to be honest if they can't draft well on wednesday and um shake you know turn this like because obviously they'll be playing the titans next week turn it around um it's over like they like if they give the titans a four win head start it's over but uh you know if they could somehow win next week bring it back to two and obviously they've got the points for advantage, so then it would be the hunt would be on. But uh, but losing this game was is huge. Like they, especially when it's the Titans, who so you're going to have to leap in right exactly. now in that fifth exactly. position. So to be able to, you don't want to go um, zero and two to them. Like that's when you think that they could have, if they'd somehow managed to win this week, and then win next week, they'd have passed them already. And instead, yep. this yep. loss is just a huge loss. And so, like it's, it's a real body blow this result. Um, but now, like next week just becomes hypercritical. They can kind of square the ledger and maybe give themselves a chance next week. But man, another loss. Yeah. And it's it's over. So uh, it's 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 uh, desperation times for the Bucks. So hopefully they've really they find something this week. Yeah. Um in terms of commissioner votes, I gave uh two oh sorry, three to Zerha, two to Burton and one to Nankervis. Yeah, the Titans there, just to, you know, shout out to the Titans, showing how good it is to actually have a backup ruck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. As you said, mentioned before, O'Brien was dropped this week, so yeah, to bring in Nankervis, it's not a bad a bad one. Um, this one was obviously the, the game that uh, we were on our chat between Dave and Cam all weekend particularly yesterday, um, but it was Natas versus the Scorpions. Natas, of course, are, are definitely pushing for that um, that record that we're on track to, to beat that record that you've held for a fair while in terms of the amount of wins coming up against the Scorpions. I don't think we gave them much, much well, no we wouldn't have given them much hope um, going into the game. But I tell you what, Scorpions, 189 to the adulterers, 174.5. Um, going into today, of course, Cam needed a little bit of a miracle. Um, it bridged that gap a little bit closer um, with Hayes only getting, I think it was about nine, uh, about four points more than what his average would be from memory, if I remember his average was nine and a half. Um, but for for the Surrey Scorpions, um, Aaron Norton getting 26, Charlie Cameron getting 25, so that's not a bad forward line. But then you've got Caleb Daniel picking up 34 at centre. Zorko getting 21 at midfield. Sinclair getting 24 at midfield as well. Rory Laird getting 20 at Tagger. Um, and for Natasha Daltris, Tom Hawkins picking up 32 at key forward. Took Miller getting 34, um, which nullified um, Kayla Daniel a little bit at centre. But um, but then, of course, Luke McDonald getting one uh, one rebound. Tom Stewart doing okay, getting 16.5. Sean Darcy probably did better than what I would have anticipated, getting 19.5 at Ruck. But the dream is over. The Scorpions have broken that winning record of Natasha Dolgeris. Yeah, it was, it's oh, absolutely stunning, shocking result, honestly. Like the Scorpions... I think going into this round, we st I think there was probably still a lot of people who would have thought that the Scorpions would be a very worthy number one pick getter. <laughs> and um, and somehow they've come out and not only put up the top score of the round, you know, with a blistering effort, but have taken out Natas in a – and Natas, I mean, like I've been giving Natas a hard time the last few weeks because I think they've been putting up like, you know, fourth, fifth best scores over mm -hmm. certain weeks and getting a little bit lucky. This, this was not one of those weeks. This was their no. second best score of the round, and they just happened to run into the Scorpions. So this, Natas can definitely cry about um, matchups this week after I've been crying over the previous weeks that they've been getting too uh, easy a run. But, um, wow, I um, 
st- stunning effort. Like, but you know, Natas can hold their head high. They are still, I think, one of the, if not, you know, debatably, one of the best teams that we have ever seen. And uh, uh, really, I guess now that the uh, you know the, the chances for the triple and for the winning streak are both gone, I mean, really, all they can do is just do the double again. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I think. I, I think I can say that. I don't think anyone's done the double twice, like back-to-back double. So that would still be quite the uh, quite the record to have. Yeah. So uh, that still that still is there, but um, but wow, Scorpions! What the heck? Where did that? Where on earth did that come from? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they have looked like you know, apart from the dozers, I think, and the just train wreck that's been the dingoes they, they look like the worst team in the year and i don't know where that 189 came from i'm still <laughs> I'm, I, I think I as dave as dave called it that he uh, made all of his uh every, all the movements that he that he made worked and in fairness he did i think he made four four changes or something like that i think if i remember the ins and the outs it was yeah. some, some decent changes that he did there it's a big call when you bench buddy yeah yeah um can Commissioner votes. I'm going to need some help with this one. I'm not too sure about these. I gave three to Rory Laird, two to Jack Sinclair, and one to Darcy. Hawkins and Cameron are a bit stiff. Yeah, I was looking at Charlie Cameron thinking he was going to get something. Yeah. I almost thought he could be. Cameron won? Darcy nothing? Yeah, it's hard because, yeah, I I wasn't too high on Laird, to be honest. I wouldn't have. Giving him three. Okay. I, I mean, thought like, twenty was your uh, your um. It's don't get me wrong. It's impressive, but like twenty four <laughs> kicks and twenty four kicks is pretty damn good too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's impressive. That Sinclair, free agent in the Super League. Is Some, he really? Somebody's okay. going to be taking him. I tell you what. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it as it is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next one is the wild cards versus the heroes. This was the final game of the of the of the round. Um, the hero, oh, sorry, the wild cards got up here, one sixty three point five to the heroes, one forty two. This was a very interesting game. There were some very high scores from a couple of players, but then there were also some big, big downs. So, for example, um, for the wild cards, Josh Kelly getting thirty six, um, Sicily getting twenty. Uh, sorry, Kelly was at thirty six at centre, Sicily getting twenty seven at key back, McInerney getting twenty at ruck, Tom Green who's been relatively quiet, getting 16 at Rover. Bailey Dale getting 20 at midfield. For the heroes, um, Jack McRae getting 37 at centre. Um, Alex Witherden getting 22.5 at key back. Jared Witts getting um, 14.5 at Ruck. Um, so there were some big scores in here, Steve, but the wild cards were just too strong in the end. Uh, this is a shocking result again. The wild cards... Like, they're just starting to, like, I think led by the likes of Josh Kelly, who, and one, and obviously Sicily, who has been phenomenal. And uh, and another shout-out to Bailey Dale. I think these are sort of players who, you know, started the year a little bit in, maybe indifferent. Josh Kelly, definitely, I know well from conversations with the Adams about Josh Kelly. He's been, he looked like he was going to be amazing in preseason, and then he was just all over the place in the first month of the year, and, yep. and that sort of left the wild cards, I think, a little bit lost as to not like they know he's a good player, but where do you play him, and what do you? And, and it seems like he's finally, finally settled and really now just you know working hard. And Tom Green's like so the wild cards are starting to look a little bit better, and I don't know what happened to the heroes because I mean the wild cards have been putting up you know the odd one fifty here and there, but the heroes have been like tracking one seventies, and so. This is a bit of a shock, to be honest. I don't. I was confused with Jared Witts getting outrucked by Darcy. I don't know what was his problem. Merritt and Brayshaw way down, and Drew as well, just a bit disappointing. And Dawson as well. He's had much better weeks. So I don't know. It's, it was a it was a funny week for the heroes though, playing Oliver in midfield and like they were. They obviously were messing with their uh, previous formula. They, they had been playing Merritt at centre. Um, you know, uh, Oliver Grove, I think McRae and Brayshaw in the midfield. That said, um, if Merritt had been instead of this week, it would have been even worse. So uh, I don't think they – it just seemed like they were trying to mix with the formula. I don't know, but it, it didn't It didn't work. And the heroes are – this is a bit of a worry because I've been thinking, man, the heroes look like 
you know, honestly, the best team in the league the last few weeks they're, 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 with the Blue Flames injury troubles and, and the Tass just starting to look a little bit stale, like the heroes look like they were coming on. But um, but this week, um, yeah, well, it, they've definitely got out of sync. That midfield, which is honestly so powerful, just seemed to, I don't know, come off the rails a bit. I, I'm not super worried long term, Yeah, but it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It is, but Harry McKay being out means Kerno's going to get the focus. It's it's funny. Like I guess that's it, it helps when um, Kerno's you know released to be able to kick six or seven goals or whatever instead of uh, you know struggling to get his couple. But yeah. um, so I guess it'll be interesting to see how that goes over the next month. Whether that's something that Kerno really does struggle with. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So. But that's that's not going to. He needs other players to step up. It's just it's, um, obviously he's a little bit down on what we expected or what have been seeing anyway. Yep. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, I gave three to Jack McRae, two to Josh Kelly, and one to Sicily. Beautiful. All righty. Now let's go across and have a look at the ladder. Um, I'm going to do it. No. Yeah, I'm going to do it a little bit different. All right, let's have a look at the ladder. With pick number one, <laughs> <laughs> with pick number one, obviously in tenth position. So obviously I'm going from ten down to one, as opposed to one down to ten. Um, with in tenth, which is pick number one, we have the Dingoes at two and seven. Um, the Mighty Bucks are in ninth, obviously with pick two, also in two and seven. But the back is the uh, is the difference there. Dozers are in eighth with pick three. Uh, three and six. And then we have the Scorpions in seventh, which will be fourth, three and six. Then we have the Chargers in sixth, which of course is pick five, um, four and five. Then this is the top five. We have, oh, it's confusing me, so I'm going to start from the top. It is Natas <laughs> on top with eight with a loss win-loss record of eight and one. Blue Flames in second, six and three. Heroes in third, six and three. And the Wildcards in fourth, six and three, and the Titans are in fifth on five and four. So, of course, um, that means the Titans have got pick six, Wildcards pick seven, Heroes pick eight, Blue Flames pick nine, and Natas has pick ten in the mid-season draft. Yep, it's um, obviously the Scorpions making the big move this week, jumping from ninth to seventh, um, shifting the dozers down. Um, yeah, I... The Bucks having pick nine is really sort of throwing me because I really thought they were going to win this week and, you know, potentially be, oh, man, anywhere from sixth or seventh. But, uh, uh, nope, didn't happen. I still feel like the Scorpions and the Dozers and, yes, probably the Dingoes are the, the clear three bottom teams and the Chargers for all their struggles are still probably, you know, honestly, it's just slightly better than those three. Um Despite the fact, you know what's interesting to me, mate? Mm. I'm digressing a little here. I feel, you know, the dingoes, the dozers, the scorpions, they've all had 180 weeks. You know what I mean? Like they've had weeks where they've really gone off. Mm. Dingoes did it like way back in round three. Scorpions just did it this round. Dozers did it a couple of rounds ago. Chargers don't seem to, like, Chargers have got more wins than all those three teams, but they don't seem to ever really go off. They just they just get that solid score. Then, like, they never bottom out. Have the Chargers had a low score yet? Yeah, they've had one. One, one. Yeah, we've been getting around that 150, 50-ish mark, which traditionally wasn't isn't too bad. But this this year, of course, not having um, a centre that gets over 22 <laughs> certainly hasn't helped. Um, how, many, how many did Tim Kelly finish up with today? 34, I think it was. 34? Yeah. Is he is he going to get a Guernsey next week? Uh, he may not even get a game next week. <laughs> he may he may not have a club. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but also my backline, like I've, I've, as you're sort of alluding to, I've had players which have stood up like Hewitt, but then players that have not stood up around him. So I haven't been able to string one of those big games like, together. If you were told that Hewitt, Pruce, and even Vine, like Viney has not been a guaranteed like success at Tagger in previous years, like he like you know he's had good years, but mm. just some of his weeks this year he's had some really good weeks, and so to see to see all their success and yet still see some of the Chargers struggles to really put up a big score, it's um yeah it's a bit frustrating. Yep, tell me about it. 
But you're still, but you're four and five, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty close, <laughs> pretty close. Um, now, anyone who is looking at the ladder pages, obviously in the Super League and the original league. Now, if you scroll down to the very, very bottom, we have the end of season ladder prediction. Just as a little tip, every time you refresh your page, those um, wins, losses, draws, point fours, point back are completely will, will completely update themselves. Wow. So I don't know. My my most recent, like the the update that mine has just had is, is predicting that I'm not going to win another game for the year. <laughs> yeah, mine says I'm going to win one more. Um, I think <laughs> I think it was um it was all going to be very close and all that sort of stuff. And I think I had the Titans winning maybe one more, but the Bucks still finishing sixth. But now I'm seeing um, Titans finishing fourth, the Wild Cards tenth. Oh, sorry, fifth, and then the Bucks um with only with seven wins. So I just wanted to point that out, like. That ladder prediction is great. I love it, um, but it takes a, an average um, using st standard deviation, a whole bunch of other stuff, which to figure out um, what you would win against what the other people would win based on the roster, the fixture, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, if you do ref refresh your screen, thinking, "Oh, I'll show somebody this," um, then yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different each time you look at it. But um, but yes, but that is now active. And trust me, no matter how many times I refresh, the charges are not making the five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Cool. All righty. Uh, let's jump over and have a look at the Super League. Um, Dave, thank you very much, mate. I was going to text you and let you know that we're going to do the podcast tonight, but you've already jumped in and done the commissioner vote. So thank you very much, mate, for uh, for jumping on top of that. Um. Alrighty, first game was the Sons of God versus the Brawlers. Brawlers are in a bit of trouble here. Sons of God got up 150.5 to the Brawlers 132.5. For the Sons of God, Sam Walsh getting 31 at centre. You got Daniel Rich and Doherty both getting 20 in the midfield. Ollie Wines getting 15 at um, Rover. And of course, Tom Stewart getting 16.5 at key back. For the Brawlers, he did a trade last week with the with the Farmptons to bring back Lance Franklin. After I swear I, I he was on the the diggers roster, Lance Franklin, and then Bill traded him. I reckon to the Warriors and got him back again, and then traded him again. I reckon he's been on. I'm gonna have to check how many times he's, Franklin has been on the Brawlers roster because I reckon he's been. This is the, probably his third or fourth stint. I might be wrong, but it just feels like he's gone and come back a couple of times. Um, but um, Buddy getting 16 at forward. Um, Taranto, as you mentioned, Steve, was down, only getting the 24 touches. Um, but across the, the whole Brawlers lineup, really down across the board. Jared Witts getting 14.5 was probably the one of the standouts for the Brawlers. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, Dave gave three to Daniel Rich, two to Doherty, and one to Sam Walsh. I, yeah, this is four in a row now that the Brawlers have lost. They were four and one. They're now four and five. Um, you want to say, hey, you know, um, uh, this will certainly give them a good draft pick, which, you know, this is a classic slingshot situation. They were on top of the ladder pretty much at four and one, and apart from obviously the undefeated convicts. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking the goods. And But uh, now we've got some potential. But, man, losing Jack Steele as well um, in the next two months, not going to help. Nope. Uh, having to plug someone like Ryan Burton, who obviously would have been better in back this week into midfield. I mean, obviously did a well in midfield, but Taranto has not been consistent enough this year to be a centre at all. I I don't know. It seems like everything's just starting to fall apart for the Brawlers. I don't know what's going on. Meanwhile, then there's the Sons of God, who like are basically now, you know, in a tie for the lead. Like, what? What? So this mm. is their fifth win in a row. They have now. I mean, they have now level with uh, two other teams at seven and two. Um, and they, you know, I think we've been talking about, yeah, they're looking like they actually could be a finals team. Hello. They could be the, uh, they could be the minor premiers the way they're going, which um, I think they've snuck up on us a little bit, mate. They have. They have. That said, uh, I think uh, they've definitely got uh, some potential to improve on their back position if they're playing Sam DeConing there ahead of well, I, mean, I guess they could play Daniel Richard back and probably draft a midfielder a little bit more easily. But um, yeah, yeah, they obviously got some holes to plug. But I think the Sons of God should be able to cover that pretty easily. And uh, and yeah, I mean, like, well, I guess this week it's weird. This week the Sons of God weren't stunning this week. 
it was just the brawlers were just off again and uh that's allowed the sons of god to get to win number seven which like man you, you tell me three weeks ago the sons of god are gonna have like three more wins than the brawlers at the mid-season i would have been like yeah right yeah um damn <laughs> so what can you say yeah um, I'm just checking. I've just realised on the um, teams pages I haven't um, uploaded or haven't created the links for the past players, so that'll give me something to do. Um, Buddy Franklin left the the um, the Brawlers in 2016 and has not been back, but he's played 170 games for the Brawlers slash Diggers, so um, he hasn't gone and come back, gone and come back. So unless he hasn't just been didn't play a game and he got traded straight away, but. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, cool. All right. Next game was the Thywall scenes up against the Major Warriors. Major Warriors have been a bit of a major worry. I love that Marty came up with the Major Warriors, and I can throw that in there, Major Worry, occasionally. Um, <laughs> but they flipped it around um, this week and picked up a big W for themselves on the ladder. Um, 185 to the Thylacines, 113. For the Major Warriors, some really big scores here. Jack Rewalt getting 26 at key forward. Adam Trelaw at forward getting 19. You Interesting know, move there. It's when that happens. <laughs> yeah. You know he needs a forward. Um, Bailey Smith getting 41 at centre. Then you've got um, Clayton Oliver getting 19 at Rover. Um, Libic, Tom Libertore getting 16 at Tagger. And Bailey Dale getting 28 key back. Um, for the Thylacines, it's a tale of woe, really. Um, the only standout, I suppose, was Andrew Brayshaw getting 26 at um, at centre. For the Commissioner votes, Bailey Smith got three, Jack Rewell got two, and Bailey Dale got one. Yeah, what can I say? Like, when they came into this week, the Thylacines, and I said to Zach, mate, you should be able to beat the Warriors. They've been the worst team in the league this year. I know you're technically on the bottom, but, you know, we'll fix that this week. You'll get a win over the Warriors and, you know. So you lie. lied to your kids. And and what I maybe what I failed to mention was, uh, you know, that reality that we were talking about last week was that the Thylus, like, we didn't get to mention last week because last week, obviously, the Thylus lost to the Code Hangers. The Code Hangers had only scored over 150 once in the season before last week. And then last week they suddenly turned up and scored like 170 odd against the thylacines. And then, so I should have known that really this would happen again, that the, mm-hmm. for some reason, the team, the thylacines playing just seems to go off. And, uh, and if you don't believe me, look at that ladder and work out that their points against for the thylacines, 1598. Um, that's like, let's just, you know, put that in perspective. Um, Nexus is the highest scoring team overall at the moment on 512. So, you know, 86. So in, almost, in other words, like 86 divided by nine weeks, that's like almost 10 points a game higher than the highest scoring. T- like, so we're looking at 178 average against each week that the Thylacines have faced. So it's unbelievable how bad <laughs> things have got for the Thylacines. I mean, hey, when you score 113, you're not going to win anyway. But no. still, like the – the um, I mean, and yes, and of course part of that is, yes, they're playing Luke Jackson because Grundy's injured. Zach Williams did his Achilles, so he's out. Nick Dacos yeah. is in the midfield because Riley Bond is injured. Um, Finlayson's playing forward because, God help me, you know, Dixon and Oscar Allen are injured. So, like, there's this ridiculous number of, you know, uh, starters the Thylacines would – normally drawn on but um yeah much like uh, uh somebody else in the family this will be the uh, third number one pick the things we'll have in a row this wednesday night <laughs> <laughs> but but for the major warriors is this the beginning of their uh you know is the tide turning are they making a run for the finals now they're only suddenly one win out of the five what do you reckon capes who knows with dan <laughs> who knows with dan um he needs obviously to replace Trelaw, although Trelaw had 35 touches. So, um, yeah, obviously getting nine to 19 at four is not too bad, but yeah, you're not going to back that in. But Lockie Whitfield obviously getting a donut doesn't help. Anyway, unbelievable. I can't believe like 
I don't even need to go to the list to work out. The Warriors have never had a game anywhere near that all year. And no. yeah, Thylacines cop it again. Unbelievable. <laughs> yep. Yep. All righty. The next game was the Marvels up against Nexus. This is a grudge match, of course, Cam versus Dave. Um, Nexus got up here, um, 157.5 to the Marvels, 146. Close game. But uh, Nexus just too strong in the end. Uh, Tom Hawkins getting 32 at key forward. Lockie Neal getting 36 at centre. Um, you've also got Rory Laird getting 14 at Rover, which was pretty good. Vlaston getting 18.5 at key back for Nexus. For the Marvels, fantastic midfield. Jordan Dawson getting 22. Witherden getting 20. Um, George Hewitt getting 18 at Rover. Um, but his forward line in the centre, Adam Shearer getting 24 at centre, really sort of let that down a bit. But also Ben Brown, I thought, would have done a little bit better as well, but only getting the 14 at key forward. Jake Lloyd wasn't too bad, getting 14.5 at key back. Um, for the commissioner votes, uh, Dave gave three to Hawkins, two to Lockie Neald, and one to Jordan Dawson. Yeah, I was, we missed our chance to talk last week about how the Marvels finally broke their yo-yo win-lossing for the year with a win, but uh, didn't last long, back to a loss this week, and they would really be unimpressed with losing to, like, a beatable Nexus score, really. Mm. Like a, I mean, like, Nexus have been solid, and they, they did okay here, but it was certainly not something the Marvels should have been afraid of, and uh, after the last two weeks, it looked like the Marvels are maybe turning the corner, and we're going to start pushing that top three. And this really, like, this would have been the win to really say, hey, look at us. We are a top three team. We are not on the outside looking in, but this loss puts them now two wins and points for outside of that top three. And so they got a lot of work to do now to actually fight to get back into the uh, top three and, and you know, and also to fight off the the gang of teams that are starting to line up out, you know, outside the five waiting to try and take that spot. So... Marvels, no, no, uh, no rest for the wicked, Dave. Nope. Uh, next game, Farmdoms versus the Coat Hangers. Wow, this was a bit of a change of fortune. Now, uh, Farmdoms one eighty four to the Coat Hangers one thirty seven. Um, <laughs> what a week for uh, for um, the the brawlers to trade break Crouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that was what the trade was. Okay. Yeah, um, the trade itself, I'll, I'll just open it up, get it ready. Um, so anyway, the Farmtoms got up, as I said. Um, Tom J. Lynch getting 31, Aaron Norton getting 20, um, Brad Crouch getting 23, Jack Finey getting 24. Um, were all fantastic for, for Thomas. For the Coat Hangers, um, Charlie Cameron getting 25 at forward, Jack McRae getting 37 at centre, Dane Zorko getting 21 at midfield, um, and they're really the ones to, to call out. Jack Redden played a key forward, only ended up with two, which certainly doesn't help. In terms of the commissioner votes, um, Jack Viney got three, Brad Crouch got two, and McRae got one. So the, the trade was um, Brad Crouch and Shannon Hearn from the Brawlers to the Farmptons for Ed Langdon and Lance Franklin. Hmm. So Shannon Hearn, of course, didn't play in the end. Um, but, yeah, Bray Crouch was, was part of that trade during the week. And, of course, he just went, screw Dang. you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting trade. I mean, I, I've actually been thinking for a while that uh, Buddy Franklin's kind of wasted on both the Phantoms and the Scorpions lists at the moment. I think they've got Norton. Both yeah. those teams have got Norton and, well, obviously, the Phantoms have got Lynch. Yep. That's why the Phantoms were able to trade away um, – Eugle Hagen last year because, like, when was he ever going to see the light of day? But, um, wow, Phantoms 0-6 start to the year, suddenly 3-6. and six. Are the Phantoms making a run for the finals? This is, like, episode two of the teams that you thought were dead and yeah. are trying to make a comeback. Episode one was the Major Warriors, obviously. This is episode two, Phantoms, three in a row now. Love that the Code Hangers decided to play another crap game. Now that they're so not you're saying Thomas is things. the Phantom menace? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You know. Thomas is a menace. He's all right. Yeah, and I think the, the coat hangers returned to being ordinary. The Phantoms actually look like they're, you know, probably not even a bottom three team anymore. Mm. Lynch and Norton are going. 
uh, and uh, Martin's back and Short's amazing. And, yeah, so if they could only – like the, the Phantoms just need a little bit of tinkering in that back line. Get rid of Zach Tui, who's pretty average. And, uh, yeah, I reckon the Phantoms can make a good – well, uh, I don't know about Jack Crisp as a centre. Yeah. Not, Jaden not, Short only had 16 kicks. Wow. It's true. Well, you know, that's, that's part of the uh, – Natas didn't win reality that, you know, he was actually human for this week. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Coat hangers, they were trying to convince us for like, you know, a week there that maybe they weren't uh, as average. Up and down, yeah. Hangers have won a couple of games in the last two weeks, but yeah, this was this was the one that they, you know, if they really wanted to cement this as a challenger kind of, they needed to knock off the Fountains and they didn't get close. I mean, it didn't help Hogan pulling out at the last minute on him, but... Uh, no. Ah, oh, that's why Redden's in there, of course. Yes. Yeah, but but they never would have got... You know, Hogan's not kicking... What, what are we... We need to kick about 10, I think, to get them over the line here. No, that's not happening. No. No. All right, the last game is the Ashy Convicts up against the farm... To, uh, sorry, the Mighty Atoms. Mighty Atoms had a massive win here. Um, 185.5 to 152.5. Um, so the Mighty Adams, some big scores. Max King, Bailey Fritz in the forward lines, both getting 19 each. Josh Kelly getting 36. Took Miller, 22. Noah Anderson, 22, both in the midfield. Um, Darcy Parrish getting 19 at Rover. Um, Sean Darcy getting 19.5. And Weedering getting 15.5 at Keyback. For the convicts, of course, they're missing um, Jack McRae. But Mitch Lewis is a handy inclusion there, picking up a lazy 23 at forward. Taylor Walker, um, I think, was almost had a question mark whether he was going to play, but it was good that he obviously did play for for Naomi. But I think you touched on this before, mate. Zach Merritt had a massive down game, only getting the 14 at centre. Callum Mills getting 21. Jordan Ridley getting 18 at midfield, held her in good stead. Same with Sicily getting 27 point. Oh, sorry, 27 at keyback. Um, and then Curvis, 15.5. But this was a massive win for the Adams. Um, in terms of commissioner votes, it was three for Sicily, two for Darcy, and one for Kelly. Yeah, um, wow. I mean, this is what we've been waiting. Oh, well, I don't know. Tyler and I have been waiting for the Adams to do this all year, <laughs> like to actually look like the team that made the grand final last year. And uh, episode three of teams that are outside of the five, Scoring 180-odd and saying, hey, 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 we're still in this. Um, yeah, like the Adams have been struggling with their midfield since Lucosius and uh, – was it, Lucosius and who was the other mid that – anyway, they had two mids that were – or, you know, certain players who just seemed to go on holidays since last year and, and Josh Kelly finally has settled, took Miller into the midfield. Uh, man, he – I feel like Took Miller started as a tagger, then became a rover, and then last year was a centre, and now he's playing in mid. Mm. Like, I can't keep up with him. But anyway, um, obviously in a team when you've got Josh Kelly and Darcy Parrish, anyway, Took Miller can play mid. Zach Guthrie, who was probably on the uh, D-list, you know, had a little tick in the box until suddenly this week he's actually got into the Geelong lineup because that's he's one of those annoying backs who, like, barely like does isn't really good enough to get into the afl team but when he actually does play he's okay and really the adams have like (laughs) even to have anybody play okay it's kind of funny when you look at your d-list i was looking at it with tyler tonight and i was like let's have a look at your d-list tyler okay these are the ones we're gonna do this and i'm like wow that's like five players that we thought were gonna be your backs and all of them didn't work out and uh, that's why you're delisting them. And like you know, so in other words, they just had he just has nothing yep. beyond waitering. And so, um, listen, the convicts they had some players who were obviously down this week. Dunkley and Boak uh, way down. They've obviously lost McKay. I mean, they've done phenomenally to have uh, to be able to bring in Mitch Lewis for McKay. Now is just almost magic. Zach Merritt's way off his especially best. with Gunston out for a farewell as well. Oh, yeah, like so, Lewis is. I mean, he's a Man, at the moment, he's like a clear top five key yep. forward, which is just crazy that he's actually a free agent in the original league. But um, but so the convicts, they'll be fine. Like, they've had a down week and scored 150. Mm. They'll be fine. But, man, this is a massive win for the Adams. Yep. And, and it really does make me feel like, you know, with the Warriors, Adams, and Phantoms, who are all still out of the five, all winning this week and looking the goods, this is going to be an interesting – we want to look at that ladder and think, ooh, 
it's going to be an yep. interesting second half of the year for the Super League. Yep. All righty, let's get into it. We've already gone 50 minutes. This is crazy. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, all right, for the ladder, so I'm just opening up my page. There we are. All right, the ladder. All right, pick one is the Thylacines in, sitting in 10th on one and eight. Um, then we have the Warriors, pick two with three and six. They're in ninth position. In eighth position, so pick three, we have the Farmtons, three and six. Then we have the Coat Hangers in seventh on four and five, so they'll have pick four, of course. Mighty Adams in sixth position on four and five as well. So they're going to have fifth fifth um, pick. Then we have the Brawlers in fifth which, on four and five again. Um, so they're going to pick six. Pick seven will be the Marvels in fourth on four and five. And then it's really close at the top now. When we left, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think the, the convicts were sitting there with a couple of games in hand. But now the Sons of God are sitting in third on seven and two. So they'll have pick, um, pick eight. In pick nine, we'll have the Ashy convicts on seven and two as well. And Nexus are now on top. Um, so they're going to pick 10 also on seven and two. But there is a massive clump, obviously, one, two and three, all on seven and two and just the back differentiating. And then we have the um, Brawlers, Adams, Coat Hangers, all in a clump of four and five as well. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Like I was suggesting, um, yeah, if the Marvels have been able to beat Nexus this week, it could have been like, but at the moment, I guess that's the big challenge for the Marvels now. I mean, they they are yet to lose two games in a row this year, the Marvels. So you'd think the Marvels should be able to bounce back and yep. uh, and get back within one of Nexus, and that should make things pretty difficult, I guess, for the Adams, the Phantoms, the Warriors, even theoretically the uh, Code Hangers, although, you know, as I was suggesting, like the Code Hangers, when you look at the power ladder, they technically are, you know, the, the worst team. So so um, the Code Hangers have done really well to be four and five and in seventh, given they probably should be on the bottom. Um, so I'm not necessarily rating them as much as some of the other teams around them that seem to be in a bit better form, but... Uh, um, but it's been pretty impressive. Like it's what you look at the top score list there. That's what I look at, and I think, wow, seven out of ten teams have had a top score mm. so in nine weeks. That's pretty impressive. You know, like there's um there's some uh, some even spread in this league. It's nowhere near as uh, like, even though the top three look like they've broken away. Yeah, um, the Marvels and the Brawlers, you know, aren't that. Like, there's there's not as big a uh, an expanse here, and so if the Nexus Nexus convicts and Sons of God have got to keep those wins up because. Um, yeah, you lose a couple as the convicts have shown. You come back to the pack pretty quickly, and uh, Very win, quickly, it, win yeah. it, the phantoms, and suddenly you're only one win out of the five. So it's exciting. Yeah. It is. It is very exciting. Alrighty, now we've got three cups to go through. Well, um, yeah. Champions League should be pretty quick because yeah, you know, Champions League should be pretty quick. Um, so in terms of, we'll start with Champions League because, as you said, it'll be relatively quick. Um, group A, um, so where we left it, round eight, Chargers were up against Natas, Natas won, Sons of God were up against the Adams and the Sons of God won. So in terms of how that group ended, Sons of God were on top with 20 points, Natas were in second on 16, Mighty Adams on 12 in third, and the Chargers with zero points. Of course, that means the Sons of God and Natas are through. Yeah, bit of a surprise to everybody. I think the Sons of God snuck into first place in that group um, yep. after sweeping Natas. But given that the Sons of God are now borderline on top of the Super League and Natas and maybe not quite as looking as invulnerable as they were, maybe not that big of a surprise. But obviously the fact that Natas and Nexus are going to end up in different groups in Phase 2 is huge. Yep. All right, Group B. Uh, Code Hangers were up against the Warriors. Code Hangers won that one. And the Wild Cards were up against the Scorpions. And the Wild Cards won that one. So Wild Cards ended on 24 points. Maximum. Only undefeated team. Yeah. Um, Code Hangers in second on 16. And the Major Warriors on four in third. And the Surrey Scorpions on four as well in fourth. So of course, that means the Wild Cards and the Code Hangers are through. Yeah, man. Code hangers getting through to phase two is just crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they are literally on the power ladder on the bottom of the Super League, and yet somehow they've managed to sneak in to phase yep. two of the Champions League. So, so everybody who's in their group in phase two is like, <laughs> um, you never know, they might get a slingshot from a, a draft pick. Who knows? 
But I guess when you're up, when you've got the Warriors and the Scorpions in your group as well, though, somebody had to get through, and I guess whoever it was yeah. was always going to look. Yeah, no wonder the wild cards are the only undefeated team. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Uh, group C, we had the Titans up against the Dozers. The Titans won that one. And then the Farmtons up against Nexus, and Nexus won that one. So it was Nexus on top with 20 points. Southern Titans on in second on 16 points. Farmtons in third on eight, and the Dozers on four in fourth. So as you pointed out before, Nexus are through, and Titans are through. Yep, it's all Cam Baker, all Ben McAllister, all the time here, people. Yeah, yeah, Sons of God, and yeah, and yeah, and um, some Titans. Yeah, good point. I didn't didn't pick that up. Um, all right, Group D, we had the Marvels up against the Brawlers, and the Marvels won that one. And Blue Flames two hundred and seven smashed the Bucks. So, but didn't really matter in the end because the brawlers are through on 18 points in first marvels in second on 16 bucks on um eight eight points are in third and the blue flames on six points are in fourth so brawlers and marvels are through in that group yeah crazy that uh you know the blue flames <laughs> like could only get one win in the whole group and the last one there but uh yeah uh, the Marvels, in the end, um, get through. And the way the brawlers have been looking lately, it'd almost be like questioning whether uh, they are as scary. They were looking like, you know, a few weeks ago, you would have like, oh, brawlers, maybe one of the only challenges to Natas or Nexus in the next race. Now it's like, oh, maybe the Marvels are going to be more of a challenge. Or uh, obviously one of the uh, Ben McAllister teams even. Um, interesting, interesting time. So what does that give us with, uh, you know, phase two, mate? Alrighty, phase two, group one, we have the the Sons of God, the Coat Hangers, Nexus, and the Marvels. So I mean, yep, Sons of God that? are up against the Coat Hangers this week, and Nexus are up against the Marvels this week. That's like all Super League. It's a bit yep. grim, isn't it? It's an all yep. Super League group, and at the moment, like you know, um, two teams who are obviously in. Uh, first and third, and then Marvels in fourth. So three of the top four, and the coat hangers. So, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be like a really interesting battle between the Sons of God, Nexus, and the Marvels to see who gets through that group. Um, yep. Expecting the coat hangers will be, yeah, doing a bit of a charges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and sweeping it. <laughs> One year. Um, not this year, though. All right, Group Two, or in in the in the second phase, Group Two, we have Natas, we have the Wildcards, we have the Titans, and we have the Brawlers. This week, it's Natas up against the Wildcards, Titans up against Brawlers. So at least there's three OL teams in this group. Obviously, with uh, you'd be looking for the Blue Flames or the Heroes, but um, yep, they're uh, not there. Um, and then they've got the Brawlers. So the Brawlers will be – this This should be a reasonably interesting group here. We've got – you know, obviously Natas will be the favourite to get through and keep defending their title. But I think the other three, Wildcards, Titans, Brawlers, anything could happen between those three. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all of them even have the potential to give Natas trouble if Natas happened to strike some bad weeks early on. So, you know, it still could be an interesting group, though. At least it doesn't seem like there's the obvious – you know, weak link in that one. No. There. So um, that should be probably an interesting one. Yep. All righty. Cup comps. Let's go across to the AFR Cup. So this round we had a couple of games. Um, we had the quarterfinals. Heroes were up against Nexus, and Nexus won that one. And the Farmtoms were up against the Titans, and the Farmtoms won that. So in the Round 14, which is the semi-finals, it'll be Nexus versus the Farmtoms. Yeah, wow. The Farmtoms have been had a good run here. They, they obviously had that, such a great week this week to be able to top the Titans who had taken out the Brawlers and the Thylacines. And then Farmtoms, all they've had to play so far are Scorpions, and then they run into the Titans and have their great week, so they're in, suddenly in the semis. You'd think uh, with Nexus taking out the Heroes, man, the Heroes blew it after such a great effort to knock out Natas to go down to Nexus would... I won't be happy about that, but uh, no. you'd still think Nexus should be able to take Phantoms in that yeah. semi, but it's a long way away. Yep. yep. They're both up by that stage. Yep. All right, next one in the bottom half, it was Marvels up against the Blue Flames. Blue Flames got up there. 
and the Bucks up against the Warriors, and the Warriors got up. So it's Blue Flames versus Warriors in the other semi final. That'll be a bit of a grudge match there. Damo, uh, sorry, Major Warriors, uh, you know, obviously had uh, plenty of good years with the Blue Flames over in the uh, Super League. Good to see the Blue Flames flying the flag for the uh, original league. Yeah. Um, the only one to sneak through here. Um, but, you know, they've, they've done well. They knocked off the uh, Adams after a good week there. And now to get the Marvels, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive, Blue Flames. Whereas uh, Warriors, man, Warriors haven't been in good form in the uh, league. But, man, in this cup comp, they've uh, been they've been on. So yeah. uh, watch out for those major Warriors. I'd still back the all things being equal. I think we're looking at a Blue Flames Nexus final, which would be, yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. All righty. And I've just realized the standard cup link isn't working. It's linking to the fixture. <laughs> so give me a sec. While we're doing that, let's have a look at what happens this week in the round. Of course, it's going to be the – actually, no, we can't really do predictions. What's going to get picked up in the um, – in the um, what's the name? In the draft. It could make um, a fair bit of difference in terms of the, the re- some of the replays. Yeah, that's the weird thing always about this week, isn't it? It's the same matchups we just talked about again, yeah. but with yeah. probably different teams. Yeah. <laughs> Which might, yeah, it does make it a little bit, um, a little yeah. bit different. So just give me a sec. Um, I will. Oh dear. Um, edit with that. So anyway, I'll um, I'll read it out. I know you can't see it, but I've got it on my Google sheet here. Yeah. So um, we've got the quarterfinals of the Standard Cup, which doesn't happen until round 11, but we do know who's going to be playing. So the Dingoes are through to the quarterfinals. They get a buy through it. Um, but we've got the Mighty Adams up against the Dozers. Um, then we also have then the Blue Flames. So the winner of that will play yourself, Steve. Then we have the Blue Flames up against the Scorpions. Winner of that will play the Ashy Convicts. Then we have the Heroes going through on the bye. Then we have the Chargers up against the Farmtoms. Winner of that Ooh. plays the Heroes. That's a good one, mate. I mean, since when? It's been a while since you played Thomas, I'm assuming. It has been, yeah. Um, and then in the last part, we have the Major Warriors up against the Mighty Bucks, and they will play the Thylacines who get the buy through. There's some pretty darn good teams in that standard cup, I've got to tell you. I mean, I'm not talking about the teams that have got the buy either. Um, <laughs> you know, like Adams, Blue Flames, Bucks. Um, maybe the Chargers? Chargers are 4-5, and five. they're pretty good. Well, you never know. You never know what the. I mean, we've got to, obviously we've got a week or two before that all sort of ramps up. Um, but it's it'll be very interesting to see how. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the the page as well. Um, it'll be very interesting to see, as I said, what comes out of the um, out of the the um, the draft, but also. Um, what changes between now and then? I mean, as we've seen, as you, I think you may have mentioned before, when you've got some injuries like um, um, Zach Williams or someone like that, which is could really do some damage for for a lot of the a lot of the teams in terms of what they're expecting. All right, Standard Cup is now being updated. It's updating now, anyway. Let me just refresh my page. It's thinking about it, but it will be. Everyone that's looking at it will be like, I don't know what he's talking about. It's already looks fine. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't to Steve and I. Um, oh, connection lost. Why was my connection lost when I'm still talking to you? Anyway, um, so, yeah, we can't really do a prediction or look at uh, who's playing who this this week. Um Anyway, so might as well do a wrap-up. We've got the, the mid-season draft, as I mentioned earlier on at the start of the podcast, in terms of all the, the dates and things that everyone is expected to uh, to submit some stuff to and all that sort of stuff. Now, remember, you do not have to be in the, in the, in the draft. You don't have to submit anything. Um, as we've seen before, um, there are some, some teams in the... Um, <laughs> 
in the original league that <laughs> will take that offer up. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see what Baker does, whether he does do um, any any um, D-lists. Um, but, yes, if you do wish to submit a D-list um, um, and be in the draft, please do it by 9 p.m. tomorrow. Um, as I said, 9.01, um, it does, I won't, won't be taking out. Um, other than that, everyone, that's about it for myself. Um, yeah, that's it. We'll be back this time next week. Good luck to everybody that's in the draft. I will be doing a um, either a Teams call or a Google Meet call or some sort of call. Um, no Google, my I don't. I just triggered my phone. Um, <laughs> um, on um, on Wednesday, so I'll put that up on the on the chat as well. But um, but yeah, I will do a video call if anyone would like to like to join and have a bit of a chat. All right, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Thank you, as always, Steve. Thank you, mate. And uh, right. we'll be back this time next week. Hopefully the Wednesday night's a good night. Whatever. Hopefully it is a good night. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you all shortly. Yay. Yeah.